welcome to Convicted Success, a podcast dedicated to women who are and have been incarcerated. On tonight's episode, being a convict and a parent, I have a special group of women joining me to discuss our past traumas, our aha moments, and parenting and recovery. Let's go. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Convicted Success. I'm your host, Sheena Cliche, founder of Leaf Community and the Convicts Coach. On tonight's episode, being a convict and a parent, I have a special treat for you guys. We have a group discussion going on tonight, and I brought back three women who were previously on the podcast. The first is Sylvia Reyes. Her story is uh, unique in the sense that she didn't get into the game until she was um, much older. So she does have a, a different perspective. Uh, She's also the director of programs for Leaf Community. Uh, I brought back Jen Hernandez. Jen's story is the true definition of transformation. She was in the game for a really long time and now finds herself in a position assisting others who are battling addiction, who are getting out of the game, getting out of prison. And I've also brought back Alexandra Donato. Alexandra interviewed with me on last week's podcast. If you haven't had a chance to listen to her story, make sure you go back and listen to it. In fact, go back and listen to all their stories. She's Her story is truly inspirational. She has gone from convict to professional chef, and she's a wonderful mother of four beautiful girls. So on tonight's episode, during our group discussion, we're going to be talking about uh, the beginning of our spirals, how it all started. We're going to share with you our aha moments, those moments that really kicked us in the face and made us see reality for what it really was. And we're also going to talk about parenting and recovery. This is a big subject for women who have been incarcerated, especially if they have been in the game for many, many years. It's all they know. Um, And even more so for women who might be um, fighting custody battles or trying to get custody of their children. Uh, once they're out. So let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and get started. Um, Joining me tonight, I have Sylvia Reyes, Jen Hernandez, and Alexandra Donato. You guys have all been on the podcast before. So tonight we're just going to have a group discussion and go into a little bit more detail. Cool? Cool. All right. Sounds good. All right. So I know most of us started out pretty young, right? I think I was 13. How old were you, Alex? I was first time to juvie. I was 13. Okay. And then I think you went big time when you were 17, right? Yeah. What about you, Jen? How old were you? I know you were pretty young too, right? 13. All right. Here's here's the question. Sylvia. How old were you when you started out? <laughs> I was 40 years old. <laughs> so you got kind of a late start. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the senior in the group. <laughs> so I think for me, I started, everything started out when I was 13. I went through the whole system, all the chaos within like seven years. It was done and over. By the time I was 20 years old, I was out of the system. So wow. how long, for each of you, how long were you in the game from start to finish? Boom, boom. Uh, start to finish, 13 to 19 was my range. So six years. Yeah. Mine was from 13 to 35. 
Whoa, you were dedicated. <laughs> I was. I was really dedicated to the life and the game. It, looking back, I'm like, where did my life go? But yeah, it was pretty crazy. It was really difficult to change it. That's that's really a lot of habits that you have to break. A lot of habits that you have to change. A lot of mindset, um, like thought processes that you have to change too, the way you handle things. Definitely. Yes. That was a lot of hard work there. What about you, Sylvia? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay, so I'm just like, I ran five years hard. <laughs> it doesn't um, take long. No, it doesn't. But in all actuality, um, I've been in the lifestyle a lot longer than that. Just um, really didn't go full blown. So I was 40. So I'd say, I'd say actually it was about 10 years. So I really got my shit together and got out of the lifestyle and got my head out of my ass. What was everybody's aha moment? Um, I would say my aha moment was when I got pregnant with my oldest child and that separation anxiety would kick in, even if I had to go to work, I just couldn't imagine going to jail and being away from my baby. And at the time, you know, she had nobody really else besides my immediate family, but that was my aha moment. Like, this is it. I can't, I can't go anymore. I can't wow. get high and wake up to my baby. I can't get high and still try to go to work. And, and uh, part of it, too, was like my dad had came back into my life and was helping me with my daughter. And although he wasn't really a father to me my entire life, it was like he was trying to save our relationship by showing he could be a dad to my daughter. And I just had to give him that opportunity. But that required me to be clean and stay out the streets. Yeah. Jenny, you were in the game for a long time. So for you, what was your ha-ha moment? Well, I had several aha moments. <laughs> Which one do you want? The ultimate? The yes. ultimate. The big one. The one that really hits you like boom, boom. The one that gave me the motivation to change? Yes. Well, that would have been the loss of my children when I, CPS took them for the second time and they had decided that they weren't going to give them back to me for no reason at all. I mean, I thought it was no reason at all because I wasn't using. Right. Um, however, that was the moment that I, I got that, oh, my God, I need to really do something to change. And since I lost two of my little girls to adoption, that was what broke my heart. And um, my motivation was them. So I, I knew I had lost them permanently and my other kids were in permanent care. However, the judge gave me, although he had this, um, he had ruled that I would never get my kids back on CPS's side. Yeah. Despite of that, he gave me hope. Ironically, that same judge gave me hope that if I continue doing good, something will give. Well, it turned out that when I got, my kids taken away in permanent care, I still had an opportunity to get them back. Um, except for the ones that were adopted. Yeah. And so I kept fighting and I kept fighting for them. 
so my kids were that moment and I said, I have to prove the system wrong. Yeah. That I'm not just a menace, that I wasn't just a dope dealer, that I wasn't just a thug, that I wasn't just a, an addict, that I was more than that and that they weren't willing to see. Yeah. And I was going to prove them wrong. And so I, I went full force. And during that time, I had, I had struggled with getting my well-being back to order. I had four strokes that left me paralyzed. And so I had a lot of challenges in front of me and and part of me getting back healthy was mentally and physically I had to stay clean and I wanted to do it in honor of my children yeah. all of them because the sister kept telling them your mom couldn't stay clean your mom couldn't change for you guys you guys didn't matter to her and that really lit a fire underneath my hiney yeah you know and, and I was going to show them different and that was my aha moment and that's exactly what you did. Look at you now. That is exactly, <laughs> yes, that is exactly what I did and continue to do. <laughs> All right, Sylvia, your aha moment. Genevieve, I freaking love your guts, first of all. <laughs> um, I think my aha moment was um, when I got out of prison in 2015 and I was going to Reno. Um, I knew my mom was sick. But when I looked into my mom's eyes and I saw that um, the Alzheimer's was there, I didn't want, oh my God, okay. Um, Today's two years, right? Yes. Uh, I didn't want my mom to have last memories of her daughter as this punk ass woman running around the streets in Vegas and doing all these horrible things to people. I wanted her to remember the woman that she had raised and uh you know the only way I got to see my son was him standing on top of a car on the freeway looking at the yard and smiling yeah yeah I didn't want that anymore I wanted I wanted to be the person that I was before and the daughter that my mom you know so that was my aha moment that um what did I what had I become you know who I didn't know who I was and um, my mom was forgetting who I was. So that was my aha moment. And you got out, right? You got to spend some good years with her and. Oh yeah. And yeah. I, I, that's a good thing. I got some great times with my mom. Genevieve was, she was very close with my mom. Um, she got to spend a lot of time with her too. Um, as a matter of fact, when I went on my violation, Genevieve was the one that came and picked me up from prison and brought me back to Reno. Um, she was there for a lot of my awakenings. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got to say, my aha moment is not as deep as any of yours. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was all about ego, right? So when I went to go walk out the gate, the officers like, see you around. We'll see you back here. <laughs> like they were all like insinuating that I was going to come back. And I was like, you don't know me. You will never, ever see me again. That was it. That was right. it. Plain and simple. Like, don't judge me. And they haven't, I haven't gone back. I haven't seen any of them. They will never see me again. I will never see how that yard looks again. (laughs) No, but Sheena, we will see that when we go back in there and we speak to the ladies. Well, yeah, that's from the other side. That's a different story. Yeah. I won't be in the blue again. How about that? How about that? (laughs) Now you see me? (laughs) Right. 
Um, so we all, I mean, we don't all, nobody wakes up one day and they're like, hey, I'm just going to live a trash life or I'm going to go commit a crime or I'm going to go get high. It all stems from something. So like for myself, it all stems from sexual abuse that kind of led me into that lifestyle, you know, sexual abuse. Then I was taken out of my home. I was put into the system, um, you know, going from group home to group home. And I, I just had that mentality that, you know, at the age of 13, if, you know, my, my family doesn't care about me, if my mom doesn't care about me, who's going to care. Right. So I was out running the streets, doing all kinds of crazy things. And that's where it all stems from for me. So what would you guys say, in your opinion, is the reason or the trauma or the experience that started your spiral? I can say on mine, um, I got, I led that little fairy tale life up until the age of 40, 2005. Um, I got divorced, my house burned down, I lost everything that I owned. Uh, for me, it was survival. I had a 13 year old son that I had to take care of, and my family basically. Um, kind of turned their backs on me, you know, when everything was going downhill, um, I, I had to survive and someone came to me and offered me a way to make money and I jumped on it and I needed to take care of my child. So it was survival, yeah. I, you know, being a mom. Yeah. What about for you, Alex? Um, you know, well, I guess my story is a little different because I was young and at 13, at that point in my life, we had just moved from one state to another. Um, I want to blame it on lack of direction from my parents. Um, obviously, my father wasn't around, and my mother was consumed with, I don't even want to even, she had a partner that was my stepfather, and there was a form of domestic violence in the home, emotionally um, abusive that I just wanted to run away from that situation, not necessarily my mother. And because I was introduced to a lifestyle that I had never seen, never been exposed to by my mom. Um, it was just like exciting and new. And I refused to accept what was going on at home because what was going on in the street was so much more fabulous and, you know, brand new. It was, it never really turned to survival until the realization of, I'm a teenager now, my mom's kicked me out permanently, um, am I going to get used, used by these guys, the or am I going to manipulate these guys in a way where I'm surviving, but living dangerously? Yeah, um, yeah that's what it was for me, unfortunately. It was like, how could I manipulate a man so what's going on at home is not mimicked for me in the streets. And that's what it turned into. Jen, what about for you? Well, as I've told you before, you know, my story, my spiral occurred when my mom died at 13. However, um, since our last conversation, you know, I started thinking a lot more. And especially during this time, because her anniversary of her death is coming up. So the whole trauma for me and everything that pushed me into the life began way before I can even remember, to be honest. Um, I grew up also in a domestic violent home, despite my father being law enforcement. Um, he also grew up thug and he made a transformation himself 
only in a career wise because behavioral and mentality obviously he didn't because he continued beating on my mother exactly and i incorporated those you know that behavior the violence already since a young age how and nevertheless despite of all that growing up and seeing the violence i just it just gave me more of a an ability if you will to survive on the streets and i ended up jumping in the clan at 13 and started using dope at 13 so my mom's death is the onset that i can honestly right now say i remember and i could pinpoint it that hurt and that anger towards my father that is connection of the family um having to grow up fast and being that older sibling and not having that support at home and not allowing myself to process the emotions because it wasn't expected of me to process any emotion mm-hmm. i needed to be strong and cold in order to push forward and be present for my father and my children my children i called them my children because they were my brothers i was the eldest and they were babies they were little yeah and they called they 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 see me as their mom their sister and their best friend to oh. this day <laughs> exactly so that's where um my chaos began the beginning and the end of life as i knew it then yeah. was during at 13 yeah with my mom being gone some some heavy stuff i mean there's all we all have different reasons but we all wind up in the same place i mean things like exactly. we all we all beat death right we 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 got lucky enough to only go to prison serve a little bit of time for some of us a lot of bit of time <laughs> yeah and get out and and be able to carry on with our lives so now looking back all these years you know um in the future How do you deal with or how did you deal with those those traumas or those experiences that allowed you to progress forward to where you're at today? How does it affect your life? Like Alex, I know that you dealt with domestic violence as a child or in a household with domestic violence, but you're an amazing mother. Yeah, so the domestic violence that occurred in my home was never my mom against me and my sisters. It was my mom's partner against her and him against us. um you know so it wasn't the effect that my mom was such a bad person or she allowed this to happen or whatever the case might be because she didn't she didn't end up staying with him and and over the years they separated and went on but i think the reason why i'm such a good mom is because i know what's out there for my daughters that i wouldn't want for them and the only way for me to show my love to them and i brought you into this world and i don't want to steer you wrong is with a lot of direction a lot of like on your neck on your head like my my 13 year old be saying mom you're on my head you're on my head yeah i'm on your head because when my mom was raising me she was dealing with a lot so it it lacked in her showing me a loving affection in such a way where I don't want that for my daughter so they don't in turn make the same steps and do the same things that I did. Yeah. So I take what I didn't receive when I was growing up and I go extra hard on that. Yeah. Um sometimes I have my moments though like I yell and I scream at my kids. I've cussed at my kids. I felt emotionally broken because they're these little souls and I I've, I've got so angry with them because um you know when you're when you're an addict and you're used to a lifestyle and you know how something can be so fast 
um, working in the industry and having to work long hours and coming home to my kids, it was frustrating and stressful. So um, I just, I don't know. I just do my best every day because death is certain and life is not promised. And I just want to make the most of it because I don't want my daughters to grow up and be like, my mom was like this or that, or, or having this conversation later on in life. <laughs> Much, Cause I don't want any of my children to go to jail. I don't want them to make mistakes. I don't want, it's inevitable what they will do based off their own decisions as adults. But with my influence, I hope I can encourage them to be, the woman that I am becoming, if not better. Yeah. What about you, Jen? How have you used this to your benefit to change your life? Well, as you know, that um, losing the kids pushed me to go to school and work on myself. I took a lot of classes in psychology, a lot of behavioral health, um, a lot of education, and a lot of therapy. <laughs> a lot That's of therapy. <laughs> yeah. A lot of therapy in reality. I mean, to learn to hold yourself accountable and to work through those emotions and actually acquiring the skills that I needed to process the emotions, identify them, connect them, and process them and work through that was a struggle. Um, because I walked around like I am the queen bee of everything and I didn't need the help of anybody and be quiet, Sylvia. I got this. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's coming because I know Sylvia was probably the same way laughing over there. <laughs> yes, she was. She knows this. That's why I connected well with her when she walked in and saw me. And I'm like, uh-uh, that ain't working here. <laughs> in there. <sighs> and I had to really be honest with myself. That was real difficult to, you know, to hindsight, look at yourself, you know, like a mirror and see the person you used to be and knowing that you were that ugly. Yeah. Acknowledging it for sure. Exactly. Exactly. And owning it. And um, that was really hard, hard to do. And, and to know how much damage I did and, and where it came from. And it was really difficult for me to say it came because I lost my mother. It was really difficult to say that I learned it from my parents because I, I had this image that was perfect, you know, and it really wasn't. And so breaking that, that wall of denial and that faulty pride, um, it took a lot of years of working um, with therapy and um, being willing to be receptive to that. That is a big one, being willing to hear it and own it. Yeah, you have to want it. You have to exactly, work. and then, um, you know, as I said, that my kids were in the system. My daughter, she encountered some trauma herself that has impacted her today. Um, I worked hard to be present for her, so I had to really utilize my transformation to be a better parent to my daughter because I ended up getting her back because of the trauma that she endured during the time she was in the care of the system yeah um so I wanted to be able to still parent them and become that better role model for my children because I'm the same way I was hardcore on the streets I was a hardcore parent I didn't really know how to parent um I parent the old school way you know the flying chancla up in your face (laughs) 
I brought you into the world. I'll take you out. And mind you, I'm only five, five and my kids are over my head, six foot one, six foot three. And my girls, they're my Blanca, they're very sassy and oh my God, up in it. And I go, you better back down because the moment you want to get up in my face, it's going to be, you ain't my daughter no more. We're on the streets. <laughs> and it, and it took a lot of hard work for me not to go there, you know? <laughs> I hear everybody laughing, so all the parents <laughs> in the room must must associate like, with that feeling. They're like, "Yeah, we know what that looks like." <laughs> I've been the first like. man with her. <laughs> it's real, yes. It's real. <laughs> and so, I had to um, work through those and actually acquire skills, new parenting skills, um, communication skills. Um, identifying emotions, life skills, uh, new, different morals. You know, my morals were good. However, they were street morals, not socially acceptable morals. Yeah. yeah. Which is a different definition than what <laughs> I was accustomed to. Um, find and the support that I needed that wasn't native, that was positive in recovery. And now... Um, I pushed forward and I got my kids and I modeled and I have now kids that are grown, went to college and, and when I have my daughter, she struggles though, my Blanca. And I have my two youngest ones that were adopted out back in my life. And I may, I'm able to be a parent, even though it's just at 18 now yeah. for one of them, I still am able to give her advice. And I go, just because I didn't raise you, I did not stop being your mom. Yeah. And, I confirmed and it with her. Probably, the person that you are now is probably who they want to know anyways. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Um, yeah, sometimes because uh, like I said before, my kids uh, knew the thug mom and, and that's what they were used to. And my name will ring and it they were like oh hell no I don't want to beef with you because your mama's crazy <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> now they're like uh mom I don't know if you could put fear into anybody no more because first of all you don't talk thug and when you try to talk thug you sound funny because you now you talk proper English in vocabulary. <laughs> my kids are like I don't understand what you're saying mom can you please talk my language and I'm like I am talking your language. It's called English. Right. <laughs> You're like, they're just words. <laughs> Sylvia, what exactly. about you? How did you use your, your trauma? Because yours, again, yours was unique. You were a little bit older when you got into the game. Um, you dealt with divorce. And, and like you said, your whole life kind of just fell apart all at one time. Um, how, you know, do you, how did you deal with that? How do you use that now? You know, um, it was it was man, it was such a fast flip in my life from being the soccer mom, the football mom, to being this off the chart OG gangster mom that jumped from one corner to the next into criminal life and drug addiction and complete chaos. And my son was 13 at the time, 12 and 13, he was just 12. Um, so it was a it was a completely different um wow it was it was so crazy i think about it now i sit back and i think uh i, I can't even tell you it was like a vortex into hell i was spinning and my son was right there with me um but for me it was it still is difficult sheena because 
my lifestyle, whether my child was old enough or not, led him into a life of criminal activity. It was glorified. Um, and I thought by me going to prison that it would stop my son in his tracks from doing the things that he was doing. But unfortunately, it was a little bit too late. He was already in the game and really deep. Um, as Genevieve knows, which my son calls Genevieve auntie, her daughter Blanca calls me auntie, um, we're very much intertwined. Uh, I've worked really hard to change my, my life so I could show my son who is currently incarcerated um, that it's possible to change your life. Um, I, I didn't want my grandchildren to grow up saying my grandma's in prison. So um, it's just, that's a hard one for me because it's, it still affects my life today because of my son um, being where he's at. But I do use it to help a lot of other youths to give my testimony of what I've been through and, and that you can change. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. And being a mother um, so late in the game but being as deep in the game as I got so quickly. Every day I, I fight to make that difference in my son's life via the telephone. Yeah. And you, you are know, for sure. You, you guys have all made some ama amazing changes. Just listening to your stories, you know, kind of from beginning to end and then kind of getting to, well, I know Alex. Um, Alex is actually Lakeisa's sister, her baby sister. So I've actually oh. known Alex for seven years, but just getting to know like you, Jen, the, like, if we just met on the streets right now and we were just like sitting down having a coffee or you know, something, and we just did not talk about prison. I don't think any of us would realize that the other one was ever locked up. I think that we, we've, we're all just so different from who we are before, you know? Clean up well. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> well, you know, I just took a shower, but I usually look better than this. <laughs> it's right, honey. They can't see you. They can only hear us. Yes. <laughs> That's the mom look right there. That is the mom look. She has, four, work. she has four girls, you guys. So. Yeah. Oh, oh bless wow. you, honey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every and age group. And the youngest one is? Two. And the oldest one is? 13. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> oh, she's just getting started. Ooh. Oh, yeah, she started. They both is. So, yeah, Alex, you have ta have you talked to Jordan um about your your uh, incar being incarcerated, your past? Yeah, she knows the most just because she's able to understand more. Um actually most recently we had a conversation about what it means to be an accomplice. And Ooh because she had said something on Instagram. I'm not going to say what was said, but I had to explain to her what it means to be an accomplice and how, even though you might not directly have had something to do with it, one, you were aware of it. Two, yeah. you didn't stop it. And three, you probably encouraged it. That makes you an accomplice. And that'll definitely get you put in prison. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's something from something small to yep. like cyberbullying or social media, um, intag in, whatever they call it. Um, antagonization. Antagonization, yes. Or it could become later on in life. It could be something as huge and as crazy as murder. 
I always keep it completely 100 with my children, more so her because she's growing up in a different era. And that era is the streets are online for these age of children. The yes. Internet thugs. And the. Uh, well, they have to grow up so fast. You know, it's sad because the majority of what's trending or what's popular is not what's for our children starting at 13, where they become the most vulnerable to start defying their parents or making their own decisions. Yeah. They have so, access to too much information and yeah. And, and even if you make an attempt to limit what they have access to, it's like you're creating a barrier to them that they feel so upset about. Like you're taking something so much away from them that these kids have a mind of their own and they do things differently. You know, yeah. they react in ways differently than maybe I would have at 13. Just you know, um, I, 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 the only piece of advice that I can really, that I can give to you is just keep it oh so 100 with your kids because I see a lot, um, a lot of parents now they're, they're, they want, and, and don't get me wrong. Everybody wants to shield their children. And for these parents that their children from life and not being honest with them and up front. And that's when they're like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But there's ways of being honest with your children and letting them learn about life through your eyes. And that yeah. way no one can take advantage of your girls. Yeah, no, uh, that's, yeah, I completely agree with that. And sometimes, you know, I may keep it a little bit too 100 with my daughter. Um, but it's, I feel like if I don't expose, if I don't, if I'm not the first to expose her to it and also give her the consequence to that exposure of what I'm telling her, she's not going to know. She's just going to always see the flashy life, the fast money, the this and that, but she's not seeing the consequence side of it. So we have some real life um, moments where I might pull something up on YouTube where I force her to watch maybe a segment of a prison show or even things on let her listen to the podcast all of these you know, all of your stories are on there Jen i shared my crazy i mean yeah, she's I shared mine to my daughter 13 so yeah let her i mean have her listen to the the podcast it gets pretty I real mine. Yeah. i well, put mine to my daughter and my son and one thing i can't say is that i did keep it 100 with my kids my kids actually rolled with me um, right. they knew everything they rolled with me my from my youngest to my oldest they know the game and however I did tell them the consequences are ugly and what I do tell them is that are you willing to pay that price I think okay. Sheena I think the biggest thing that we're all saying here is if we just keep it oh so 100 and honest and we keep it real about our lives and who we are and what we're becoming our message is going to be so powerful to everybody because we are unique. We are women that have survived and we're fighters. We've yeah. seen some shit. I yeah. know we have all seen some, I mean, we have talked off the record, you guys, and we won't go right? on record now, but we've all <laughs> seen some, uh, some crazy shit. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like we should be a lot more traumatized than we are. <laughs> For real. All right, I think guys. exposure just needs to be put out there more than the, the lifestyle. I think the consequence of our lives needs to right. be 
more about than and that's what it is like you see all this all of this glorified on tv on video games you know and like you said everybody's online they're all, they don't see the reality of what it is you know well i would have to say that this message at the end of it is that we are women that have been through it but yeah. transformation is possible if you yeah. want it you could do it yes. and it takes a lot of work anything that's worth having takes a lot of work sacrifice and devotion yeah. and with that said that is why where we're at today and if you could right. do it anybody else could do it you got to want it i mean that's right you guys jen uh what was it 23 years i mean she was dedicated y'all so <laughs> listen to her she's telling you some good stuff <laughs> The way I wrote Genevieve. Like Sylvia will know. Back in the day when I was doing the thing, I was hard and dedicated. It's the same way I live my life today and yeah. normality. Yeah. She will know. I think yeah. all three of you have said at some point, use the mentality of your hustle. Use that to your advantage now. Yeah, to improve it. your life now. You guys have all said that. I and wait, Sheena. Yes. Don't be a lifer, be a leafer. <laughs> Don't be there a lifer, you go. Be a leafer. Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. It has been freaking amazing. I'm so glad to have you guys back. Um, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Have love a good night. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Love Bye. you, Sylvia. Bye. Nice to meet you, Alex. Bye. Nice to meet you, Alex. Bye. I want to thank everyone for listening in tonight. A special shout out to Sylvia, Jen, and Alexandra for coming back and joining me in the group discussion. All of your stories are amazing, your true inspirations, and I really do hope that this reaches somebody who's struggling tonight. Before I let you guys go, I do want to let you know Leaf Community is hosting a coat and sock drive for the month of November in both Reno and Las Vegas, Nevada. So if you're in these areas and you would like to donate, Please look for us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, look for Leaf Community. That's L-E-A-F-E. Don't forget that E. Everybody does. Again, that's Leaf Community. L-E-A-F-E. And we can put you in contact with the rep in your area to arrange either a drop-off or a pickup. Our goal is to collect at least 100 coats in both cities. So if you can help us reach that goal, we would appreciate it. Uh, make sure to tune in every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Next week, I have another guest joining me to tell her story, and it is kind of crazy, so make sure you don't miss out. Thank you again for listening. Have a good night, stay safe, and stay free. Thank you for tuning in and listening to another episode of Convicted Success, a podcast dedicated to women who are and have been incarcerated. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for a new episode and a new story. This podcast is sponsored by Leaf Community and provided by The Convicts Coach. Make sure to follow both of our pages on Facebook and Instagram. Have a good night.